Welcome to In the Isles, the movie and TV podcast that is absolutely freezing. It's so cold. It's minus two. Are you referring to this podcast being dead? No, no, no. I'm talking <laughs> about the, the cold wave. This week, we're going to talk about what we've been watching. We've got some real news, and our main review is The Triangle of Sadness. Is it the? Oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. But I've said it now, so can't go back. The cold it, weather sweeping, sweeping the nation. It's horrific, isn't it? Have you um have you been flicking the heating on or have you gone proper Martin Lewis, no sticker jumper on? Bit of both, bit of both. Been flicking it on in the morning. I've got it on a timer, so six to half six, just to give me that morning boost. Mm. But uh, yeah, what watch what do you do? Do you just blast it? No, no, we're we're reasonable. We we deem it unreasonable for it to reach a temperature of 14 degrees in the house. So we have it automatically come on when it hits that. So right, uh, yes, yes. And then we thought, you know what? We've got a wood burning stove. Let's let's just use that. And then remembered, oh, we've got a three-year-old who want to touch it. No. So that's completely redundant. Um, but never mind. Anyway, moving on. How are you? I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm okay. Tell you what's not okay. My front right car tire punctured. Uh, what's happened? There was an, a, a whole nail inside it. It's is this your neighbour retaliating? Finally. No, no, because we... <laughs> <laughs> they've gone now. They've left. Gone to beat his wife somewhere else. They, it's well, it's in the garage, so I don't think anyone's done it. But my wife was out driving, came back, and and we were gonna go out to. A Vietnamese restaurant, and I was just uh, as soon as I backed out of the garage, I felt something's something's not right here. Something's not right. Puncture down, completely flat. So whether she's driven over it, not to blame her. I'm not. I'm not. But when whether she's driven over this nail that was stood up in the road, or whether someone's um just walked past the car and just thought I'll put a nail in that tire, <laughs> as you do. Yeah, but it was this moment of when you get. A, a puncture in your car what 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 do you do what do you what what do i do now who do i call do you change that, the tire i don't change my i'm not changing my own tire i don't know how to do that I, have you uh... met have you met me <laughs> <laughs> to be fair i had to ring my dad to help me change the tire but i have i have done it myself successfully once um but no i get it i get it i didn't i wasn't sure I had it, but I've got lifetime access to like Nissan roadside assistance. So I called Nissan roadside assistance to my home, waited for three hours just for them to put the spare tire on and then said, thank you. And then went to Halfords the next day and it was fine. But I took a picture of it. I took a picture of the spare tire. Is that sad? The spare tire on the car. It was a momentous event. I mean, if you'd changed the tire, yes. You've just had someone else replace it. What's yeah. momentous about it? <laughs> anyway, never mind. I changed two locks this week. My door handles broke so that basically you you moved them and, and you couldn't enter a room. So I replaced them and I did it very well um, after seeing my dad do one of them before last year. Right, we're getting into really boring territory. Let's lighten the mood. James, this is not lightning the mood. This is really morbid news for listeners. We might be going down the advertising route. Sorry. So in the new year, I've not even discussed this with James. Hopefully he's on board. Anything that is, you know, we gain money from, I'm sure we're both happy about. So you might not be. It's in the interest of the podcast, though, and keeping it going. So you might have an ad here and there come the new year. James, are you all right with this? It's fine. That's fine. Okay. So look forward to that, listeners. <laughs> Let's get on with the show. James, do you want to go first and tell us I'll what you've first. been watching? Yes, I will Shoot. tell you. <clears throat> Shoot from your hip. Your new hip. Yep. I have watched The Menu starring... You cinema twice in a week. Yeah, I did. Well, three right. times. Well, I'm not in a seven-day period, but... Earlier in the year, we watched a film. I don't remember which one, but we watched it and... I think we commented on how we regretted it because we wished we'd watched a film of actual quality like that one directed by Ridley Scott with Jodie Comer about nights fighting. Oh, The Last Jewel. Or the Last Jewel, yeah. 
And we watched Black Panther last week, and I th- neither of us liked it. So I thought, I'm going to make up for that. I'll watch something that's actually of quality. The menu, it came on my radar. I thought, oh, why is, why is Ray Fiennes in this film? He wouldn't be in it if it was no if it was no good. Looked at the poster. Hang on a minute. That's Anya Taylor-Joy and Nicholas Holt. What is this film? Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. It actually has really good reviews. I'm going to watch it. But I didn't watch the trailer. I didn't watch the trailer. I strongly, strongly advise that you don't watch the trailer because it's it's disgusting how much is given away. But what's it about? Well, the menu. It's an exclusive restaurant that charges over a thousand dollars for a dish, and they only take like twelve or fifteen uh, patrons per evening, and you have to go on a boat just to go to this private island where the restaurant is based. The film opens with that boat trip. The sort of main, the leader of the wait staff tours the island and she reveals that the wait staff live on the island. The chef has his own house. This is extremely exclusive. What's going on? And there's a very ritualistic process to the way the food is served, the explanation of the menu. What's what's going on here? What What mysteries will be revealed as we progress through the menu and more food is eaten. What's quite clear early on is that the, the film is really what it's really about. It's class. It's about class and the distinction between these, these rich, these privileged people who are paying all this money to eat this food and the, 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 the chefs, the kitchen staff and the films that I comment on that along with other things, but as, as I was watching it, I was thinking, there's more going on here. It's not just about class. It's about other things. We live in a society and there's more going on. It's actually pretty thoughtful. And most important thing, it's very, very funny. It is a satire. It's a funny satire with lots of funny stuff in it. And I really enjoyed it. Can't say it's a surprise because I watched it because it has good reviews, but I was surprised by just how good it is. Ray Fiennes, obviously, is brilliant in it. Nicholas Holt, I'm not really bothered about, but Anya Taylor-Joy showing again that she's she's the real deal. She's very good. And I think she's Golden Globe nominated for this performance. What's the Hispanic guy who's in this who is brilliant in everything, but he's not in enough? E, e, John Leg- Leguizamo. Leguizamo, yes. That's it. He was yes. in he's Romeo really and good. Yeah, oh, good. I'd, I'd look forward to any film. He's really good. He plays an arrogant post-prime actor. And I, I did wonder, is he playing himself? Because he just plays an arrogant actor, but he's not playing himself. But he's like an arrogant actor. There's Nicholas Holt's character. He's, he's like a foodie snob. And the, right in the very first scene of the film, his date... Ghosts, I think she goes to grab one of the like appetizers, but Nicholas Holt just slaps her hand away and says, You've got to take a picture first. Look at this. This is art. You can't just eat it. And he's being really snobby. And then there's this like group of dude bro, you know, investors that are all dude bro ish. They're all like fill those archetypes, but it's really good. I really, really liked it. Well, given that it's been out for what, two weeks, I'd rush to see it given. How long films last at the cinema these days? Yep. Very good. Anything else that you've watched this week? Another film that I watched, She Said, which is the film about two journalists writing a story for the New York Times about Harvey Weinstein, stars Kerry Mulligan, and someone else whose name I've not written down. And that's because it's a Kerry Mulligan film She's a sign of quality. I watched it for her. She's really good in it. She's Golden Globe nominated, and that was that was good enough for me. <laughs> However, the problem with it is is that it's recalling events from 2017. It's events that have just carried on to like this year with that man's sentencing. So it all feels too soon. And I know that's the comment that's been made about this film more widely. I'm not making an original comment. I know I'm not, but that is the case. You feel like I've just seen this happen on the news. So 
is this a story that needs to be told right now? Maybe not, but it's well acted, well directed. It all makes sense. I'd still recommend it. If you if you're obsessed with Carrie Mulligan as I am, obsessed is overstating it a little bit. I mean, she's she's good. <laughs> no, I'm not obsessed. The woman whose name you forgot, I think we refer to as Paul Dano's wife. Yep. That's her. <laughs> I think it's his wife. Anyway, Zoe something or other. And I am not even no, that's rude. I'm gonna look it up. Just just let's give her credit. Because I was joking. We don't refer to somebody as somebody's wife. Zoe Kazan. That's I had it in my head and I thought, no, you're getting it confused. I should have just trusted my instincts. Yeah, Zoe Kazan. She's good in it as well. I've seen this, and do you know what I really liked? Yeah. The fact that they they use the actual actresses in the film, which I don't think I've ever seen before. So the actresses who've made these allegations, one of which... Ashley Rose, Judd. Ashley Judd, Rose McGowan. They, they feature in this film, and it feels a bit controversial to almost like you are acting this moment in time as yourself when you're yeah. putting forward your story it, it's very weird but like i said I, I, I probably have seen it before but i can't remember an example of it so i just find that quite fascinating and i, I, I didn't I, notice rose mcgowan well they use her voice so i assume okay. they just you know what i mean anyway slot this in if you want or just yeah um don't zoe kazan parents nicholas kazan American screenwriter, film producer, and director. Parent number two, Robin Swicord, American screenwriter, film director, and playwright. I wonder how she got into the industry. <laughs> oh, not only have we lessened her character, <laughs> but we've just took a massive dump on top of it. That's that's horrific. That what are we doing? She's she's great in the film, though. She is no, she's really. It's everyone in it is good. Like everything about the film is good. Yeah. And that's where we should probably leave it. Yeah. James, anything else? Well, I only bring this up because I want to have a combination, a combination of uh, items that you will not find on any other podcast. So that's what I've got. So the previous thing I've discussed is She Said, the hard-hitting uh, journalist drama. The second thing I'm going to discuss is Bastard! Double exclamation mark. Heavy metal. Dark fantasy. It is a anime on Netflix that is a remake of an anime from the nineties, and it is um a sort of magic fantasy anime set in the land of Metallicana, and a dark force is trying to take over the land by acquiring these four magic seals that will unleash the power of the god of destruction and only resurrected master of darkness dark schneider stands in the way of these forces of evil but dark schneider is a scoundrel and a, a, sedu a seducer of women and when he when he he gets into various battles with women and when uh, when he does fight them uh, their claws fall off and <laughs> and the clothes fall off, and in one memorable scene, um, like a magic demon rewatched. Yeah, a magic, <laughs> a magic demon. After this other like sorceress's clothes have fallen off, a magic demon like poison uh, bites her and poisons her like just on her like lower abdomen. So then Dark Schneider has to suck the poison out, but the way it's shot, it like looks like he's doing something else. Right. Yeah, it's one of those sort of um, very childish. This is Netflix on Pornhub. This is Netflix. <laughs> very sort of childish anime that's very very clear on what the target uh, what the target audience is. But it's so it's so it's not just all that stuff. There's entertaining ridiculousness as well. So it's heavy metal dark fantasy. So there's heavy metal music, but all the all the elements of the anime are all named after heavy metal things so there's these ancient families of like the realm of deep purple in ancient times they cast spells on each other that are called like judas priest or something the realm the main realm that depending is called metallicana um 
there are so many other examples that I unfortunately just haven't written down. But it, it's littered with references to uh, White Snake. White Snake is another one. It's littered with references to their old old bands, which makes it funny. And the 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 rate at which it introduces like new spells, new powers, new magical swords, new magical weapons, like demonic items. It's just almost ridiculous how powerful everyone gets. It's almost I think it surely is some sort of parody because of how quickly things change and how people's power levels change. I was entertained. And like I say, I only bring it up because what other podcast are you going to see that talks about She Said and Bastard Heavy Metal Dark Fantasy? <laughs> Very true. So if you are into metal or hentai, that will surely take a <laughs> uh, No, it does sound interesting. I might just, out of pure curiosity, give it a bit of a watch if it's easily accessible on Netflix. How it many is on Netflix. How 24, many... 24 episodes. How long? 25 minutes. Ah, that's reasonable. Anything else? That's all. That's it. Good, good. Daniel, what have you been watching? I, I've really struggled this week. So we recorded probably two, three episodes ago, and I had like a list of things that I'd seen, and I've completely forgotten to put them on my IMDb watch list, and I now don't know what they are. So I was like in a bit of a panic going, oh, what can I watch? What can I watch for the podcast? So I played around with a few, and they just didn't stick. So 1899, I really enjoyed it. The missus, nah, watch it on your own. Haven't watched any more yet, because it seems like it's one of those shows you actually have to sit down and watch. But I think it is very good. Wednesday, this is me just doing a tick box of everything that I've watched and then I'll move on. Uh, Wednesday, the Adams Family spin-off show with Jenny. Jenna Ortega, is it? It's all right. I gave it one episode again. The missus said, this is not for me. I turned it off and I didn't feel like it was for me either. Master Chef The Professionals is great. I'm watching it every episode. Committed. And or, I finished it. I'm just going to throw it out there. It's going to be number one or two in my TV shows of this year. It was fantastic. But proper reviews. First off, Three Pines. Have you heard of this? No, I've not heard of this. Okay. So this is a new Amazon Prime crime drama that's all shock. Uh, Stars Alfred Molina as the central detective in the story. And it's based on a popular book series of the same name by Louise Penny which, of course, I've never read. And there is this abundance of crime shows at the minute, and they're they're just spitting them out for fun. So I guess the question is, what elevates this into a series that's worthy of of being watched? What's what's the differentiator? And for me, I think it does stand out because of the setting and the characters. So this takes place in the eastern townships of Quebec, and because of that, it gives it the opportunity to feature a lot of a good mix of cultures. So you've got Canadians, French Canadians and indigenous people to the area, which are spotlighted as well. So really good eclectic cast of characters and cultures. And it's set against this like snowy and picturesque landscape. And it's a bit of a sleepy, oh, nothing happens much in this town, but it's going to, isn't it? because we're going to have murders for fun for the next 10 episodes. So that's what makes it different. And I've really enjoyed my time with it so far. It's it's split structurally into like two episode arcs. So you get a different case every two episodes. The first one's about this local affluent woman who is electrocuted to death in front of the whole town at a sporting event. And then the second is like a historic abuse within a children's home, but then through both of those stories you've also got this backbone of a a local indigenous girl who's gone missing which is definitely worth spotlighting because it, there's been a lot of media attention over the last five ten years I, I listen to a lot of podcasts the amount of podcasts around missing indigenous women has just like skyrocketed so obviously they're, they're sparking on a trend there uh, but there's nothing wrong with that and drawing attention to it I describe this as cosy crime to my missus. It, it's like comfort television um, because it's, it's not too grim. It's not too graphic. It's like, you know how Midsummer Murders used to be a nice thing to sit off oh, for some people. Nice thing to sit down with on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, or, feels... heart, or Heartbeat. 
or heartbeat, yeah, if you're a bit more, you know, of a well-rounded and not sick individual. Um, but yeah, good who done it. Nice, decent mystery to go along with it. And there is an eccentric old lady who owns a pet duck in this series who swears like an absolute trooper. She she's a delight. So yeah. That's uh, three pints. Oh, sorry. Side story to this. I was so fuming. The first episode, Amazon messed this up, right, when they launched it. So that because it's, it's in Canada and you've got a lot of French Canadians, there is a mix of English and French, but you could not have subtitles on only for the French. It was all or nothing. And I was like, what is what is this about? This is just irritating me. Thankfully, they sorted that out in the second episode. Don't know what was going on in the first. Maybe it's just for that particular one. Maybe they went back and fixed it. But be warned, stick it through if that is of minor annoyance to you. Okay. What is that again? How can we watch it? Three Pines on Amazon Prime Video. Okay. What else have you been watching? Tell Me Lies. Have you heard of this one? Is this the alternative title for the Harry and Meghan documentary? (laughs) That was fun. Yeah, that's good. No, I've not heard of it. What is this? So originally in the US, this was a Hulu series, which has now been dumped on Disney Plus. Not dumped, actually. That's that's harsh. I don't know that. Um, and it stars Grace Van Patten, who, if you watch Nine Perfect Strangers, I did not even recognize her. She's the daughter of Michael Shannon in that Nicole Kidman series, Nine Perfect Strangers, which you may have entirely forgotten about. So the beginning of episode one, Lucy, who Grace Van Pan plays Lucy. She's attending her friend's wedding and her ex is going to be there. And you get a real sense that there's there's quite a lot of anxiety leading up to this first. So she she's dreading it because either it ended nastily and the guy's just an absolute tool, or is it more that she just doesn't trust herself around him and he's bad news? Well, we've got 10 episodes to figure that out for the rest of the series so it, and it's done through flashbacks so we've got this wedding but then we go eight years before they're in college they meet um i'm not finished yet with this but i can safely say it is a combination of the two she doesn't she can't trust herself it is a very intoxicating yet toxic relationship and jackson white who i've never seen in anything before he plays the so-called charismatic stephen and he's already seen one of the most popular girls on campus, but he kind of keeps that relationship under wraps whilst simultaneously pursuing Lucy. So his his morals are questionable right off the dot. So even if that's not enough to hate him, he just oozes slime ball, and you just get an icky feeling about him to the point where you want to punch him in the face. But the good thing is the series doesn't like play dumb on that. So Lucy, who finds herself drawn in by him she even says to her friends like i don't like the guy i want to punch him in the face and and you're like yeah good on you just stay clear of him but you just know that that there are people in life who have the skills to sort of slither the way into people's underwear or lives and that's very much what happens here so i'm oddly fascinated by this but i do think it's in hope of what i want it to be and not what it currently is, if that makes sense. So I want this to go down the route of it becomes a dark psychological thriller of sorts where you start to see his manipulation reach that next level and it's like a cautionary tale about deeply troubled relationships. I think it might be going that way, but I can't say at the moment. At At the moment, it's just a bunch of people having sex every single episode and it's quite graphic. And there is there is a side plot of a college roommate who tragically dies, and perhaps somebody within the guy she's seen's gang has something to do with it. He does, minor spoiler. Um, but weirdly, I'm not caring for that subplot. It's more like what's going to happen in this relationship. So, yeah, um, it's definitely not the amount of sex that is keeping me entertained because I don't have an adult filter on my broadband. So I can say that with real confidence. Great. What's that called again? And how can we watch it? Tell me lies on Disney plus. Okay. Does the Fleetwood Mac song feature in that at all? Not yet, but weirdly all the episode titles are from songs. So I would imagine maybe the last episode is called that and it does feature. Very good. 
Do you know where you'll never find any lies ever? The news. I'll tell you what you will find, though. Spoilers. I think I've just found out who dies in the White Lotus finale. Human. It's the real thing. It is now. Real, real news. News. The Golden Globe nominations, they're back. After yeah. being cancelled, televisually and morally cancelled. I think I don't remember what happened. But they've announced the 80th ones. Some notable inclusions and omissions. Notable inclusion number one. Best motion picture drama. Avatar. It's not even out yet. The the, the new one, because they re-released the new, Avatar, yeah. didn't they? <laughs> 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 re-release. Um December 16th is the release date with a London premiere of the six. How have they even watched this? Have they got a cam version? <laughs> it's not It's not out. I don't know. Is, the... is it not the film association, though, that votes on this? So they've all have had a screener. I don't know. Yes, yeah, I suppose. That's Still, the, though, that's not. Explanation. That's, yeah. It's not out. It's simply not been released yet. Somebody's pulled in some favors there. I'm going to hazard a guess it's James Cameron and just says. Yeah. This film yeah. is mega expensive. It cannot fail. Please hype it up. Please Stick nominate it. it. <laughs> yeah. It had its world premiere on December the 6th. So maybe everyone in the, um, what's it called? Foreign Press Association was at this premiere. So that was a bit weird. It's not weird. It, it makes complete sense. Also, The Fablemans, which is a Steven Spielberg film. Not uh... even heard of it. Have you heard of this film? That's nominated. But that has actually been released. That's fine. Yeah. I've heard that is a very mixed bag as well. The Fablemans. Apparently it's a good film, but everyone speaks in like real old style film sort of fashion. Do you know what I mean? Where it's incredibly like forced and over the top. Okay. So I can't say I'm looking forward to that. And they've nominated, I don't think you've seen any of these, have you? No, no, this is all news to me. They've nominated uh, Top Gun Maverick for Best Motion Picture. and I really want to see Tom Cruise attend. (laughs) because <laughs> you don't really see him you don't see him at these events do you really because he doesn't his films don't get nominated but I'd, I'd love to see him i'd love to see him and brad pitt together are you going to tell me bullet train's been nominated <laughs> <laughs> no no um yeah so the rest you can you can guess things that have been nominated just on the the quality films that have been released and notable omissions Notable omission, singular. The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, has not been nominated for anything. Not only that, Amazon Prime Video has only secured one nomination across all categories. One. Wounded. What was that for? I've got to scroll back up now. And find... <laughs> I'll never, I'll never find it. Okay. Right. Never mind. <laughs> But you're confident it wasn't Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Yeah, confident, because I've already seen uh, a YouTube video that I didn't, I didn't watch, mocking oh, Lord of the Rings, not getting the, uh, getting the nomination. Could you just, sorry, because this is complete news to me. I'm Argentina, 1985. Language, uh, non-English language motion picture. What? What's that? If you're not, everyone's heard of Argentina 1985. What's wrong with you? But that's Amazon Prime Video's one nomination for film. Meanwhile, Netflix has got nine nominations for films and 14 for television, which is just ridiculous. Did Anna Diamas get any love for Blonde? Sorry, I'm asking too many questions. She did. did. Yeah, she did. Best performance, motion picture. Good. Well deserved. 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 So she's got that. But just, you know, Amazon Prime. What what are they what are they doing? What's wrong with them? That's, They've been storing it up three pines for next year. It's gonna <laughs> sweep everything. <laughs> yeah, and um don't want to spend too much time on it, but um most nominations by motion picture dis- distributor, searchlight pictures twelve, A twenty four ten, A twenty four, bring in the quality. Nice. Most yeah. of that everything everywhere all at once, is it? Yes. Yeah. Good. Yes. Again, nice to see. Yeah, most nominated film, Ban- The Banshees of Inner Sharing, which I've not watched. I just feel a bit, a bit ashamed, embarrassed. I'm. We'll come on to that, I'm sure, at our end of year review, and I do have a comment about it when we reach this week's main review. But I 
I feel like we have been slightly disrespectful to cinema this year. <laughs> but but purely by reviewing what the masses would want us to review. Yeah. And not what is good. But yeah, anyway. yeah. If the masses listen to this podcast, then yeah, we'd, we'd be reviewing what they wanted to review. Yeah, that's what we're doing, James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give the camera. Um, right? Yeah, that's my real news. Well, I'll pivot out of what you've just said, just to say okay. it's worth highlighting the fact that, yes, Avatar has had its world premiere, and it's supposedly bloody brilliant, apparently. I've heard a few things that were like, yeah, it's all right. But by and large, the consensus is it's great and it's a thrilling 3D visual adventure, which is very much what the first one was, apparently, and I didn't yeah. care for it. But that's got me slightly more excited for it now. Slightly. Emphasis mm. on slightly. So just yeah. thought that was worth telling people if you were in anticipation and didn't know that news, it's supposed to be good. Yeah, I'm starting to starting to feel the hype starting to feel the hype but we'll see how many film critics suddenly go on a free deep sea submarine adventures next year go on hit us with your other piece of news james my other one if you google this story if you google wonder woman 3 patty jenkins out there's a variety of sources so i've just picked the most reliable news source the daily mail uh the headline revealed Wonder Woman 3 was axed by Warner Bros after director Patty Jenkins rejected studio notes and walked off the highly anticipated Gal Gadot, correct pronunciation, project. I'll just do the bullet points, which the Daily Mail helpfully provide before you click on one of the images in the side panel. Patty Jenkins is said to have exited Wonder Woman 3 after rejecting studio notes. Jenkins' treatment which she reportedly turned in last week, was not well received by Warner Bros. executives. She was asked to rework it, but it was claimed that she refused to abandon her vision. Unable to compromise, Jenkins walked off the project and Warner Bros. cancelled single L, that doesn't seem right, the sequel. Wow. Wonder Woman 1984, it weren't good. It wasn't good. It was appalling. Just, just disgusting, disgusting that anyone gave that positive view. It was a disaster. And now... I wonder. I just wonder if Warner Brothers have said, "You know what? We don't. We 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 let you write it, direct it, produce it. Maybe even give Gal Gadot some input. But you messed it up, and we don't. We don't trust you anymore." And and based on the last film, that I think is is completely valid feedback. If this was more of the same in their eyes, pretty pretty glad that she's walked because I mean that that's tight. The first one, really really good film. Yeah, enjoyed yep. it a lot. So she's obviously got talent. I just don't know what she was thinking for the second, but if it was more of that, maybe this is is for the greater good. Yes. Um, well, she didn't write the first one, so. Oh, well, mm. there you go. Yeah. Same story with Taiki Watiti and Thor. Didn't write Thor Ragnarok, directed it. Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, you're a genius. You can write and direct it. Whoa, what the hell have you done? It is. It's followed the exact same trajectory, hasn't it? Uh, but I'm glad that you revealed that because through my just skimming through my Google News feed, I thought James Gunn, new head honcho uh, for DC, just actually said, nah, we're not doing it. That's what I thought had happened. I thought he just said, go away, Patty. Your dreams are dead. It's not happening. But there's, yeah. there's more of a tale to tell in the background, and I'm glad that I've heard what it is. Yeah, Thank I'm you. sure there's no, there's no way... I mean, the, the, the Daily Mail here, um, reliable as, as they are with the news, she said Warner Brothers have cancelled the sequel. I don't I don't think they're going to cancel it. They're surely going to do a third Gal Gadot Wonder Woman film because she's brilliant in the role. It's iconic. So I'm sure they'll do it. It just, it just won't be with Patty Jenkins. I was going to say, based on absolute nothing, uh, then, well, it did bring in the mega books, but actually it was a weird scenario that wasn't it where didn't they re release it in the cinema and on streaming at the same time yes it i think yeah it was one of those warner mm -hmm. brothers simultaneous release ones so that would have been completely unfounded and i'm glad that i didn't say it good anything else in the world of film and tv news nope that's it three news items forming a triangle of news <laughs> now triangle of Sadness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. I'd 
like to order an opinion, please. This film is new, fresh point of view. Hold me sit back, this is a fact. We in the aisles, here are some aisles. Thoughts in sync, tell you what to think. I'll listen to you, but please don't rap again. This week's main review is Triangle of Sadness. So, is this runway casting for a grumpy brand or a smiley brand? So it's a grumpy brand, yeah. Congratulations! Show me that Balenciaga look. Oh, Suddenly I'm dressed in something way less expensive. It's H&M! Yay! Balenciaga! And H&M! Balenciaga! And H&M! It looks paid for the tickets. Not bad, huh? <laughs> so what do you do? I sell shit. The success of a luxury cruise mainly depends on you. I don't want to hear anybody saying no. It's always yes, sir, yes, ma'am. I command you, enjoy the moment. No. No? No. <laughs> what? You say no to me? No, no. Oh, so it's yes. It, yeah, no. Yes. Go oh, in. Yes! <laughs> the saints. Do you think it's possible to wash them? I don't think that's possible, ma'am, because this is a motorized vessel. Yeah. So we don't have any sails. A fashion model celebrity couple join an eventful cruise for the super rich play trailer. Oh, I don't think. Sorry, I wasn't supposed to say the last bit. Yeah. So that was short and sweet, but probably for the better. James, what did you think of Triangle of Sadness? I went into this film not having seen a trailer. I'd maybe seen a poster. My appreciation for watching films in this way is, is growing by the by the film, because I didn't watch the trailer for the menu as well. Mm, the menu, we'll come back to that. So I didn't know anything about it. And it's clear from the start that this is it's a comedy. It's a satire. It's about power, privilege, class, money. And it's very in-your-face with those things. But that's to its credit because I found that it was a very well put together skewering. Skewering would have been a better word for the menu. But it's a good skewering of, of power and privilege. I enjoyed the comedy. It's very long, it's two and a half hours, but somehow, against all odds, it, it doesn't feel slow at all. There isn't much of a, of a plot, and we're not going to go into spoilers yet, there's not much of a plot. There's very long scenes that are shot without a lot of editing, but it's somehow, ex it's very compelling, very watchable, and not slow at all. I was I was hooked in every moment because it's so well written, it's so rich with with humor and character i think i'm giving the game away here i really really liked it and like i say in terms of the way it's shot there's not a lot of like fancy editing or close-ups or cutaways there are some scenes that it's just right these two this couple are sat on the sun loungers I'm just going to film them talking cut away to this guy they're looking at cut back to them and it's like a five minute scene and that's it they're on a they're in the bedroom just stick the camera in the bedroom and just let the scene play out and a lot of it is like that, but it's it all looks very good. It's all good composition, good colours. It's visually good to look at. I suppose it is because they're on a cruise and it is nice to look at. The cast, Harris Dickinson and Ch Chalby Dean, who's unfortunately passed away this year. They're, they're, I guess, the main characters, even though they drop away and then come back for what it seems like, like half an hour, 40 minutes. They're both a very believable influencer model couple but even though they're instagram influencers they're not a really vacuous obnoxious couple they're actually very sympathetic have a believable relationship they're not these horrible obnoxious influencers unlike say other characters who are deliberately set up to be bad people like the couple that it reveals like sell arms to people or the horrible like rich russian guy who sells fertilizer Woody Harrelson is such an appropriately rated actor. He's really good in this film. A smaller role, but as the captain, as a drunk captain, but he doesn't overplay it. He doesn't overplay the drunk captain role, and that's what still makes it funny. And I think that's a theme 
throughout the film because even though this is very obviously a satire and a parody it's about rich people being bad and oh what happens when mm, it doesn't overplay those things even though there is as a comedy some truly laugh out loud hilarious comedy scenes as it goes on so i really enjoyed it i'm not going to hide my feelings towards the end i liked it daniel what did you think of triangle of sadness i i was same as you i didn't know anything about this film other than a, a very good imdb score and i i personally wanted to watch it because it's not a, it's something you say a lot but for good reason it's not a superhero film it isn't based off anything it's wholly original and by that definition it means that nobody's going to go and watch it as a mainstream cinema experience they're just not it is out there you can seek it out you can watch it it's probably limited showings but you're probably not going to bother and drew attention to it earlier on i think i think we've more than compensated this year by just reviewing a lot of typical blockbusters and i, I just wanted something that was different because i feel like we're finishing this year ill-informed on on good films so i i didn't even know that this won the palm door at the Cannes film festival i did not know that until this afternoon so when i recommended it i wasn't even trying to be pretentious but here we are so you've already explained a bit of the plot or as much as we'd like to give away so i'm not going to do that now but I, I'm interesting that you say about the influencer model couple that you didn't think they were quite as vacuous and 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 horrible as as a lot of other people because I do slightly agree, but I think come something that happens at the end, they are still, especially the woman, quite despicable in some ways. But anyway, um, I like the point you made around the couple. I agree, it's like they're the focal point, and then it turns out that it's much more of an ensemble piece, but almost as if by surprise. And if I had to describe this comparably with something else, I would say it's a mashup of The White Lotus... Castaway and my favorite reality TV show, Below Deck, which is a great combination. Um, and if anybody said that to me, I'd be like, Yeah, I'm in for that. I'll watch it. And similar to your point, I, I'm glad I didn't watch the trailer because I feel like this was a real ride of a film. It's split into these three chapters and they all offer a completely different backdrop and, and dramatic scenario for each one. So, again, not going to comment until spoilers, but suffice to say, I had no idea where the film was going. It surprised me at every turn, and that you know could not be more welcome. Even though I've compared it to White Lotus, I think you've made this observation as well. That satirical look at the rich and privileged, this is more in your face, I think. And, and again, it's skewering them using dark humour, but in a very less subtle way. And White Lotus is not subtle, but this is a lot more smashing you in the face with it, but not to the point where it's obnoxious. Um, there's a section halfway through where the themes and the messages are literally called out over this Bolt's intercom system to all the guests. And that, that sounds like a really bad thing, but somehow like not having to sift through the subtext of, oh, what is the filmmaker trying to say? It was quite refreshing. And it did, at the same time, it didn't feel like Yes, I, I, it probably could have done without it, but I didn't feel spoon-fed like a child. It felt like it was natural to the characters to be doing what they were doing. So it all made sense. And I know that's very vague, but if you've see, seen the film, you'll know what I mean. Um, the film is well-structured and plotted, as you, you said, and it really didn't hurt that there were some scenes that were set up, like comedy set pieces, that had me literally cracking up. And I think, could this be classed as an independent film, would you say? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. I, for me, as an independent film, I think this is really ambitious. It feels like it had a significant budget and there's some really interesting mechanics used where, in terms of the camera when they're on the boat and how they experience the rocking and a bit of seasickness. I, it was. It's probably been done before, but I don't remember it being used so effectively and I really, really enjoyed that. Um Spo slight spoiler, the best relentless vomiting since Team America appears in this film. And yeah, I I do agree it keeps pace and it doesn't feel slow, but I do think 20 minutes shaved off this would have made a slightly tighter film. But 
you know, forgetting that this is really, really funny. It's timely and it's a, a very much more interesting film than we usually review on this podcast. And I think give it a go if you can and you'll be pleasantly surprised. Very well said. Before going to spoilers, the the budget I agree does look really good. They do do a lot, but for a, for a luxury cruise, it did seem like it was quite a small group of people on this luxury cruise. Maybe it was just a small boat, but yeah, I think they're trying. It's like there's one member of staff per guest, so the the scale of it was a bit confusing. Like, is it, is this supposed to be a giant cruise ship with a huge staff doing lots of stuff? There's a pool. Is it a captain's dinner or is this an intimate um mm. small boat trip around I, a Greek yeah. island? That that wasn't that maybe that was a budget thing. I don't know. It didn't affect the quality of the film, but I was wondering how how big is this boat and how many people are really here? I think that's completely valid, that comment. Um, because you probably can feel it in terms of this should be a bit more on a bigger scale, but at the same time, I, I think compensating for that with you know, actually, the rooms were moving, surely, in this, when that yes. boat was rocking. Things yeah. fell over, and it was like, wow, I didn't expect it to have that in this film. It just feels like you wouldn't be able to. Um, yeah. So I felt like that made up for it. But I agree, there probably were some limitations, which is probably why you felt that um, that point. Daniel, would you recommend Triangle of Sadness? Wholeheartedly, and I would be happy, not sad, to do so. James, what about you? Full unreserved recommend. I gave it an eight-minute standing ovation. <laughs> Which is a reference to what it did get at the Cannes Film Festival. Very clever. That's right. Should we go into spoilers? Let's do it. Bruce Willis. Real name is Tyler Durden. Sank at the end. Oh, thanks a lot. Spoilers. All these rich people around this boat and bad weather strikes the boat starts to rock and in the comedy highlight of the film everyone starts vomiting 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 for about five minutes while the russian millionaire who's a capitalist and the american captain who's a marxist debate marxism over the intercom everyone's being sick the vomiting and the they're evacuating their bowels as well at the same time. There is a shot of, of one person who is doing both at the same time, and it's completely convincing. It's it's it is laugh out loud funny. It is. There's nothing funnier than people than people being sick. There just isn't. So that happens. And then pirates attack the ship. There's an explosion in the distance, and then Surprise, Act 3, it's then a shipwreck film with this small group of survivors. And the roles are reversed because Abigail, who is the, the toilet attendant, she can make the fire, she can cook, she can catch the fish. She's the captain now. She's the captain now and she has the power. Role reversal of power. Hmm, interesting. What's the message here? And you have that sort of castaway survivors scrounging for food thing the the young hot model carl he be, sort of what uh, he becomes the playboy prostitute, the prostitute that's the time yeah yeah he becomes the prostitute for abigail and he gets pretzels in payment that he shares with his girlfriend <laughs> while everyone sort of sucks up to the captain but also mocks carl then in the in the final moments uh the car yaya the Instagram influencer model and Abigail walk to the other side of the island, find that it's actually a resort. It's an island resort. They see an elevator or lift up to what you assume is the hotel, the toilet attendant. Abigail doesn't want to surrender the power that she has. She's the captain now. She holds a rock over Yaya's head. Yaya, without turning round, knows what's about to happen and Yaya says I can help you maybe you can be my assistant she offers her a low position interesting you can be my assistant cut away you don't see what happens you don't see if Abigail kills Yaya with a rock to the head you just see Carl running through the the islandy jungle cut to credits film ends my wife was absolutely livid with that ending she was, <laughs> was she? 
<laughs> what happens? That's not an ending. And I looked it up, and, and the director actually at a screening, he said that he doesn't know what the ending is either. And I think it's a sort of, you can choose, you as an audience member can choose the ending, either the ending that you think is justified or the ending that you want. Anyway, that's what happens. And I, I personally was fine with the ending. I really don't like cliffhanger completely open-ended, well, open to interpretation endings normally, but that specific point in the plot or, or ending, I don't really care about. That isn't what I got enjoyment out of, and there was a satisfactory conclusion to it as such. So it didn't bother me. What, what was the wife's overall thoughts? Did she like the film? She loved it. It was the most enjoyment we've had watching a film for ages because we were just laughing so wholeheartedly at everything. This this being sick, hilarious, but also Abigail throwing out the squid and saying, I'm the captain. <laughs> so um, many good moments. In and this. the pretzels and the Carl, you know, being a prostitute. It's oh, really funny. And it, even from that opening scene, I thought, oh, I hope this carries on in the same way that it's just started. We're just having that argument over splitting the bill and the fact that he was always having to pick it up and she'd promised that day, oh, I'm going to pay today. It felt like something just in the moment of that. that is a conversation that people have around gender yeah. norms and that sort of thing at the minute. And it was so yeah. apt. I, I just I, I loved it. It was great. And, um, and totally, the belief, it was so believable and re- relatable how he was like, it's not, I'm not talking about the thing that I'm actually talking about. I'm trying to make a wider point about something else. Yeah. Like I'm actually, I'm genuinely not bothered about this thing. I'm not angry about this thing. I'm just bringing this up for a topic of discussion, <laughs> but it's, you can't, it doesn't go anywhere. You, there's, it is just like, not, I just not, it's just not a good conversation worth having. Just the um, lift closing on him repeatedly for like yeah. five minutes straight during that <laughs> argument. Oh, so funny. Yeah. And does he and then I think either I looked away or I tuned out, but does he he like puts the fifty euros that like in the he just like he just slides it in the lift door, just throws it away just to make a point. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about the money. <laughs> I I also really liked so the explosion that happens on the boat. There are, a pair, there are a pair of elderly people that are introduced earlier in the film and they have made a living through selling hand grenades. The pirates throw a hand grenade onto the boat, which the elderly woman... It seems like a cheap joke, this, but she picks it up and they explode from their own manufactured products. Yeah, just... and she, she says, oh, I think this is one of ours. <laughs> yeah, boom. It's <laughs> great. Which, again, that's it's so on the nose, being killed by the, their own hand grenade it's just so blatant but it is it just it, that's the kind of film that it is and it's still funny yeah no i completely agree what one thing that I'd, i don't know whether you noticed this do you think it's quite vague about the fate of a lot of people that were on the boat so there are moments where i'm like hang on has someone just died and it's not mentioned or addressed i just thought it was really interesting for the, these people who are so privileged and self-entitled and are only re- really caring about themselves, literally make no mention of the other passengers that have either died. <laughs> like, there's just no concern at all. It's just not addressed. And obviously that's really purposeful. But I thought it was a very clever way of kind of pointing out how self-absorbed they are by not drawing attention to the other people who surely died around them. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, I noticed that as well. Yeah, they don't. The people are completely disposable. But there's... <laughs> It, the film makes such a point of it that it doesn't even have anyone make a point of how they've been forgotten about. Yeah, no, you know, no one mentions that. No one cares. It's just not. It's not even mentioned at all. And even when the Russian guy's wife washes up on shore again, such such blatant humor. He just takes her where he takes her jewelry off, off a dead body. Like it's just it's oh it's it's too good. But yeah, they don't make a point. Um, you know what happens to them, but did you think that towards the end, um, you know, when the other men are blowing their whistles to mock Carl because Abigail uses a whistle to summon Carl for sex, 
it sort of seemed like actually people are starting to enjoy this. They have made a weird little group that have all gone a bit mad, but they're enjoying it a bit like a bit like Big Brother. Um, yeah. And then it ends, and you sort of feel like, oh, it wasn't that bad, was it? And you sort of, I mean, you wouldn't kill Yaya with a rock to the head, but you've sort of feel like, oh, you know, maybe I, I, you can see that Abigail's holding on, not just onto power, but, you know, maybe maybe the triangle of sadness was the friends we made along the way. Very poetic. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think, and, and there's a lot in that, and I loved that bit. With I didn't see it coming where Abigail is like, actually, I cannot go back to normal civilian life. I just I just can't. It I found that quite profound and sad. Uh, and I really felt for in that moment because and that's why I say I thought yeah, yeah, I was quite a despicable person because I could help you literally means you become my servant. Yeah. That's all she offers to her. I just again thought that kind of that's why I take it that she did go ahead and bash her in the yeah. skull because I don't want that life. I've just basically had a complete uh, power control shift and I like it and I want to return that and you're not going to stand in my way. It's just... Yeah, it was so, so, much... it was so well done. Yeah, yeah. In, the, in the world to which we will return, I'm not offering... I'm not even offering you equality. Mm. Yeah. You're going to be below me. It's such a good... such. It's just good. It's just good writing, isn't it? It's good writing, and then even before Abigail went and got the rock, because she lies and says she's going to the toilet, you know, you just know it's coming. You just know. And that's when you know, I've just watched a good film here because this final scene is playing out. I don't know exactly, like, not that it's predictable, but you just, you know what's coming mm. because you understand the characters, you understand the ideas of the film. And that this has inspired me to watch this director's other work because I've heard a lot about Force Majeure or however you want to say it um, and people have lauded that for years and I never bothered with it and then it was remade into a Will Ferrell film that absolutely got panned but I'm going to watch the original because I really liked this and I th I'm sure I watched half an hour of The Square, his other film with Claire's Bang uh, and gave up on it but I'm going to give it another go because I really liked what he did with this and I want to see his other stuff Okay, speaking of other stuff, obviously the connection between the menu and this film, they're both about that class, power, rich, uh, not rich relationship. So it was quite, it was, a, it was a nice pairing to watch them within two weeks of each other. Mm. So Triangle of Sadness and the menu to explore the true dividing issue, which is class. And if you want a triangle of that content, add White Lotus into the mix. Because, again, treading very similar ground. And I would say they're all worth your time, apart from the one that I haven't seen. But I I believe you, James. <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't seen the White Lotus, so. Yeah. Going to watch the finale tonight. Anyway, right, should we wrap things up? Yeah, we'll wrap things up. Speaking of wrapping things up, Christmas time, special Christmas episode. Also coming up, it's the year-end review. What's going to be the number one film? Everything, Everywhere, All at Once or Top Gun Maverick? It's really only those two <laughs> that, are good, that are any good. This could be a contender for one of us. Yeah, yeah. It's not, I agree, it's between those two. Um, unless I've forgotten about something, which is entirely possible. But yeah, so we're actually gifting you with an extra episode on Christmas Day. Uh, back to the old style, one episode a week. For a limited time only, before we realise it's far too much work and we can't maintain it. James, if you were on a beach, on a desert island, sorry, not a beach, and you were the captain of a lot of people, what would be your first order to them? Would you not play guitar until they took the clothes off? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen in this film. Why is that well, there's a reference to the... Anime that you mentioned before. Oh right, yeah. Just fight them until. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, that was it. All the clothes fall off with magical spells. Um, You're not saying because it's sexual. <laughs> no, it's because <laughs> it's so obvious to make jokes about that that you just have to think something else. Stupid. I'd probably just say, look, you know, let's just propose 
suggestions for what our priorities are you think put them all into a list and then actually decide right well what's the among these priorities you know what's what's actually urgent what can we leave for later on and just sort of put those um put those actions together as a result of that that, um, that, that conversation <laughs> strategic forward thinking strategic like strategic planning yeah strategic planning yeah. was just looking for something sexual never mind see you next week <laughs> bye bye